Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DigiTalks podcast. I'm your host, Natalie. And today's episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. I have flagged this before that naturally DigiTalks is all about marketers, for marketers, by marketers, with marketers. But as we've evolved over the past few seasons and thanks to some feedback, I thought that we'd get some very successful Adelaide business owners on. So today I'm joined by James Trenery. Now, James has a great story to tell, so I'm super excited. But one of the main reasons I wanted to get some business owners on is to talk about their marketing strategy. And in order to have a successful business, you have to have an understanding of marketing and how you can utilize that to grow your business. So this is going to be a good one, if I say so myself. So James, first of all, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Long time listener, first time caller, <laughs> first time <laughs> contributor, as they say. Do we have a song request? It's <laughs> uh, too many, too the, many. I could give you my playlist. Line. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar with James, let me give you the rundown, even though most people in Adelaide do know the man, the myth, the legend. How However, I learned some things when I was reading your bio. So listen to this. Leaving a career in corporate HR, see? James moved into the fitness industry in 2013 to follow his passion for health and fitness. As a Pilates instructor, personal trainer and running coach, he worked in Melbourne and Sydney before moving to Adelaide in 2016. During his time in the game, he's owned a number of reformer Pilates studios and dabbled in a number of other fitness and non-fitness related business partnerships, not to mention a number of multi-award winning studios, back-to-back Studio of the Year awards. I mean, that's... That's a pretty good notch on the belt, isn't it? Yeah, that's, in 20- that's a team effort. But. I mean, take the credit, right? <laughs> in 2021, he decided to pack up house and collate all services into one overarching brand. And in 2022, he launched Platform, the home of Australia's first run and weight and strength-based reformer group workouts, a combination of everything the community needs to achieve their health and fitness goals. I mean, we're wearing the merch right now. now so if <laughs> you're watching this, merch, actually, I know. Not. So if you're Sorry. watching this as well as listening, Platform, you know it, you see it, you love it. Talk to me about your background actually being in human resources and people and culture. When and why did you decide to commit to a career in fitness? Because this was just like mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's one of those age-old stories of not really knowing what you wanted to do after high school. Yeah, there was always that. I wouldn't say it's the pressure, but yeah, there was definitely a bit of pressure to, to lock in your career, you know, in year 10. Yeah, you know, totally. The, the, the councils was coming, all that other jazz. So I started with a banking and finance degree and didn't really like that very much. I don't imagine you would. No, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it's just one of those things. You've got to do something, so you may as well do that. Yeah. And then, you know, six months into that, I canned it, started to work at McDonald's and Blockbuster and Coles for a while before I decided that you know, I really liked your human resource management in high school. The reason I really liked it was it's a very, like, people-centric element of the business, which allows you to do a lot of, I guess, fun for people at work. Knowing that people spend a lot of time at work, what do we do to make sure that's the best time that people can possibly have? And funnily enough, at that time, I was still pretty interested or I was interested in health and fitness. And I don't know, something came up about, you know, it'd be really great to have benefits for employees where they could exercise for at a discounted rate, knowing that obviously gyms are very expensive, etc. Anyway, so we did that for a while. And that was a, look, that was a fun journey. It's an interesting journey to to see how big businesses work. So at the time I, you know, worked at in the recruitment game, then Telstra and then Origin. And seeing how big businesses operate definitely were a benefit to moving into how small businesses operate. Yeah, I can imagine. But I think for the most part, it was just about doing something I thought I had to do. And then being, I guess, the type of person that's, I guess, a little bit creative and problem solving and helping people do that in the workplace was always, yeah, I guess, fun. Until it wasn't anymore. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's only so long you can kind of fake or when the passion kind of 
dries up and runs out, you can't you start, start thinking, I can't do this for another 40 odd years or whatever it was. It's bold. I think for anyone to be able to go, actually, you know what? I think I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, I was done five years before I actually decided to leave that profession. So I think I, was, I really only did it for about a year. And I decided that I can't do this forever. I wanted to get into health and fitness then, but a conversation with my sister at the time, she was sort of saying, no, you can't just quit now. You've only just started doing it. What are you supposed to do? So I stuck at it for a while and tried different avenues. And I guess I did give it a good solid crack. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. But at least you can look back and go, yep, cool. I gave it a go. Yeah, correct. But I found where my passion Oh, it was completely lies. worthwhile, completely worthwhile because it gave you a good understanding once again of how big businesses work, the importance of like leadership, the marketing function, the accounting function, all these yep. things that small businesses don't traditionally have. No. And from there, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was 28 years old that I decided to leave that career, that profession and start in health and fitness. And for most people, like if you're an athlete, your career's done by then. Yeah. You know, but for me, I was like, no, I've still got plenty of plenty left in the tank. So, you know, here we are 10 years later, been in in Melbourne and Sydney and back to Adelaide and been able to do all these amazing things just by saying yes to the opportunities that presented themselves that and were related course, to Adelaide's that passion. Your favorite. Yeah, so yeah. far so good. <laughs> well, the opportunity the opportunity came up. So the reason I moved here in 2016 yeah, was talk for, us through that. Well, it was it was simply for the business opportunities. I mean, I was born here. I lived here until I was about 10 years old, and then we had to move to Melbourne. Just my dad's work at the time was moving into state, and then when I finally got into the fitness industry, I thought I wonder. I always wondered what was happening in Adelaide in terms of the health and fitness scene? Not much. <laughs> well, no. And that's highly advantageous for like the entrepreneurial type person. If you think about, I mean, Boost Juice started here. Yeah. Now that's what they always say. If it can work here, it can work anywhere. Yeah. And I love that saying. They always say, if you can run a business in Adelaide, you can do it anywhere. Yeah, correct. So I'd worked with KX Pilates, which is a national Pilates franchise at the time. And seeing how well they were going and going from Melbourne and then I moved to Sydney and seeing how well it worked in Bondi. You know, I ran the cake studio in, in Bondi and helped with some other ones out there. I thought, if I, if we could do this in Bondi, imagine what I could do in Adelaide yeah. with this. So the time came where I was deciding where should my path go and I figured I'll go back to Adelaide and have a crack. And, you know, the rest is history because when I first got here, I think there was only one F45 and it had opened, I think that F45 was in Nord and opened maybe in, in June or July. In 2016? 2016, I believe that yeah. was the case. And then on the same street, Studio Pilates was yep. the first Studio Pilates in Norwood that that opened, I think, maybe three or four weeks before KX Pilates Norwood opened, which yeah, was in right. 2016. So coming into an environment where I think at the like that was it in terms of group fitness of the larger brands. There were a number of obviously privately owned operations available, but having those types of brands that worked in other states, I think the Adelaide market was ready to embrace yeah. to embrace those names yep. in the industry. And that, yeah, that was, was quite challenging in itself. How did you approach actually getting that name out there here? Because yeah, cool, it's reputable interstate, but we didn't yeah. know what it was. Yeah. So at the time when I'd made the decision to move back to Adelaide from Sydney, I did rely heavily on a few of the networks that I had through primary school. So yep. reaching out to friends that I knew that lived here or people that I knew that worked at Origin, Origin Energy at the time. The reason I did that was because I was actually transitioning out of Origin and into fitness at the same time. So I'd work full time at Origin and then work on Wednesday nights, Friday nights and Saturdays at KX and then I did my PT and run coaching stuff. So it was this big balance of moving out of one industry into another, yep. which is a, that's another podcast yeah. for another day, how to do that. But no, it was more so reaching out to those people and saying, you know, hey, I'm moving back to Adelaide. Where would you like to see the first KX Pilates studio? And it just so happened that these people are also friends at the time and knew that I was already in that industry. Yep. 
I'd sort of gone silent on the HR stuff. I didn't really put that on social media anyway, but when it was more about the health and fitness, because that's a personal passion, it's what it's you authentic. normally share. Correct. Yeah, authentic. It's like when you know people post always updates about their lives, whether it be weddings, babies, houses. All the things. All these things. Yeah. You know, when you're you know, into your health and fitness, that's what you're posting. You're posting your gym stuff. You're posting your totally. running things and whatever. Anyway. The Strava map. <laughs> well, that it wasn't was around Strava, back then. It didn't happen. That wasn't around back then. That's a COVID. I mean, it was around. Yeah. When COVID kicked off, it went through the roof. I remember we used to use a, and this is probably going back 2015 too, Lorna Jane actually had an app where you could trap, track right. your no walking and running too. I don't know how good it is now and if it's even still exists, but that's what we mm. used to use. And same thing, we used to screenshot it and post it. Yeah, a lot of people now, and that's probably an integration we'll add into the platform app down the track, our like a, our own version of Strava. Yeah. Or something to that effect, knowing that we're a run plus weights yeah. and reformer brand. And great for community, right? Oh, totally. And people, I think we're all a little bit competitive. We've all I was got actually thinking this morning. So, <laughs> side note, I'd gone from this morning with some people from platform. It was just more of a chatty run, posted it, and the time was like six minutes per K. Now, that's great. Like if, whatever, if you're not a runner, that's awesome. Then I thought to myself, there are people out there who don't post to Strava knowing that people are going to look at their speed. 100%. Yeah. I think we've got a friend in common who doesn't post to Strava. I won't say her name on here. Knowing that people are going to look at it and she doesn't want to feel bad about that time. Yeah. So who cares? Nah, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be training for a half marathon, oh, but that's, that's not going well, so I well. I know a good gym. I know a great gym you can come <laughs> yes, to that does we'll it all. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, so reaching out to these people, sort of saying, hey, look, obviously I'm a part of this brand now. I'm going to bring yep. it to Adelaide. Where do you think the first one should be? And can you ask your friends or talk to your friends for me? And they would have loved the fact that you were even like making them feel like they had a say. Well, yeah. So I, I don't like to, I mean, there's always a little bit of strategy behind it thinking, well, these are the people on the ground. I'm not on the ground. How do I spread the message before I get, you know, get some, hype get some traction? Yeah, yeah. It's, I need to tap into these people's networks and ask them to ask their friends where they'd want one. And then you've got that organic word of mouth without even having to drop a dollar. So there's always, that. <laughs> absolutely. there's always a bit of strategy behind it. And then it was about constantly posting to my social media account using the hashtag at the time and hashtags were the rage. KX Pilates Adelaide, KX Adelaide, KX Nord, whatever it was. Yeah. And also tagging in photos and videos of just myself working out or whatever I was doing, yeah. like the hashtag Adelaide Fitness, yeah. even though I lived in Sydney at the time, just yeah. knowing that eventually I was going to get there, but I need to get the Adelaide market looking at this stuff and thinking, Who's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And reaching out to some other people in the fitness industry just saying, hey, look, I'm moving to Adelaide to launch this brand. But would you be interested in like helping to promote the brand? Or I don't think it was even that. It's more so it'd be great to catch up to yeah. get a sense of the industry when I get there. Yeah. So it also helped as well that you know, Melbourne and Sydney are quite closely related. And it just so happened, like more than, I guess, Adelaide and Sydney, let's say. We're close neighbors. And having worked in the industry in Melbourne for a while, about a, it was only a year and a half, but still it was quite significant. People who I'd either trained as a trainer or people that I'd worked with or worked who worked for me knew people here. And they would connect and they would say, oh, that's look, James is takes. coming. It, that's all it takes. It's all it takes. A little bit of word of mouth. And then from there. But that's the power of personal brand. And I mm. think, you know, even though your career took a turn in terms of industry, you were actively posting. People knew what you were doing so that mm. when you did change it up, yep. people saw, people noticed. Yeah. And that's why consistency is so important. And it I say important. this all the time as well, you know, even with my team, post regularly. Mm. Post on LinkedIn at least like once a month just so people know what you're I don't doing. Have or, LinkedIn. Well, you do. It's very outdated. Trust <laughs> oh, me, I shit. checked. Actually, no, I do have LinkedIn. You do. Your God. Instagram's definitely, you're very active that's on that. Wrong. And I would yeah. highly encourage you to check out James' Instagram. But, you know, with my team, like, you never want to get to the point 
where, you know, let's say perhaps you're ready to move on mm. and that's totally fine. People are going to go and look at that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, it's funny, one of these things, right? Obviously, social media is a very powerful tool these days, whether it be for business or personal. And then you get to this point where you're a small business owner or you become synonymous with a brand. I think we've actually had this chat a number of times about, is there a distinction between, you know, back then it would have been, is there a distinction between James and you're James from KX. You're yeah. not just James. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, is that even a thing? But now it's James from Platform. Yeah. I think um, you were 100% James you've from KX. Be. You've got to be. I you think, embodied it. It was you. Yeah, 100%. And that's, I think, if you are a small business owner, there's no shame or you shouldn't feel like you can't be one in the same. Because if you're... I mean, obviously, you don't want it to take over your entire identity, but it is a part of you. Your small business, if you're an entrepreneur, or if... I don't... Yeah, we'll go with that term, whatever. But if you are an entrepreneur, everything you create, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> everything you do is a manifestation or a creation of what you have to offer the world. Yep. So why not be synonymous with it? Yep. It's okay to be that. And at the end of the day as well, when you are a small business, people are investing in you. They're Correct. buying you. So, you know, when people trusted platform as a new brand, they went, well, I know what James has done. Correct. I trust him. You know, when Correct. I started my business, people knew the experience and my background in social media. So they trusted me when Correct. I started Digital. And that's the thing. Your personal brand is something you do have to work on. It's If you are on Instagram and social media and TikTok, like we were saying before, you do have to post regularly. That in itself can sometimes become a bit of a burden for people who don't necessarily like it. But this is where I feel, I'm really glad you say that because I mm. feel like if it feels like a burden, it's not authentic to you. Correct. And, you know, I always say to people, if it doesn't come naturally, then don't do don't it. Do it. There's, mm -hmm. There will be another way mm -hmm. that you can communicate that is more in line with you. Correct. You can always tell when people are posting bullshit. Yeah. Like, why are you using a platform? You know, I think I said this in another episode a couple of months ago. People often say to me, oh, you know, you care too much about aesthetics or like, you know, you're, you care about likes and comments. I'm like, mm. no, I actually don't. I use Instagram personally because for me, it's a creative outlet. Yeah. And this is exactly what we were talking about before. You 100%. know, it's nice, particularly as a business owner, to be like, actually, this is a bit of fun. I'm not worried about accounting. I'm not worried about people no, management. It's anything. It's sort of, so I, like as a kid, I used to draw a lot of cartoons and things. And then I used to like a little bit of, I think I'm pretty clever with like, <laughs> poetry and things. Anyway, but it is a good, it is a good outlet. It's like, a, it's like your canvas of art. Right. Most of the stuff on there is actually for me. Yeah. As a reminder to be like, well, these are photos of my friends and family. All these are me things too. I think of all the time. But if you also think they're interesting, go nuts. It's almost like, I guess, your diary. Yep. That's um, how I look at it. Yeah, for sure. It's a recount of the day or a recount of the year. But it also is that very powerful tool. And I was going to touch on this where a lot of people sort of say, obviously, when you do share your goals with others, it does diminish. Funnily enough, it diminishes like the dopamine effect or something. Like you, it feels like you've already achieved the goal. So be careful with that. But a lot of people also say, keep your cards, keep your cards close to your chest. Correct. Know where your boundaries are. Know what you're willing to share and what you're not. And I think yeah. there needs to be a line. Yeah. The problem is with this authenticity push, mm. people are going, be an open book. Mm. I think there's got to be, it's got to have some strategy there. Yeah, you've got to, you've, you do have to be careful of what you do post because it often is misconstrued. I mean, there's some weird shit. So I posted a photo the other day. This might be a side topic. I posted a photo the other day of just a chair in my backyard. Oh, I did see that. And I was like, what the? <laughs> that got shared or saved. Check out these because ridiculous it was the statistics. And this is the thing, right? Don't tell me no one reads the captions. It's sent around eight times. Yeah. It's a chair. But it's the caption. It's, it was the message behind what you were sharing. Well, and I did. That I got was... rid of everything I owned at that point. I didn't want to take it to the next place. I thought, this is too much trouble. I yeah. need to So you literally started again? Literally started again. So, yeah. So... 
I mean, after being with the Cakes Platys brand for I think it was like eight or nine years and moving from Melbourne to Sydney and Adelaide and having you know, Nord and only personally owned McGill and my land were part owned, also had a share in another gym in McGill and then some other things around the place. And that was such a fun, like it was an incredibly fun time, incredibly great learning experience, but it just got to the point where I really had to sit back and think how much more of my life and value am I willing to give to other brands yep. that aren't my own? Which is a difficult question. Oh. And then the and then it got to the point where I think myself and I guess the KX Pledge brand were going in different ways because we'd been together for so long. The relationship was just fizzling out. We were doing things that were different in terms of marketing. We we're doing things differently in terms of how the classes were taught and the structures within there. It was That's very much going against the grain. That's where you've got to separate James from KX. Yeah, but then here's the thing, right? If you get to the point where, you know, you are, you get to that point where people do have, see you synonymous with the brand. They feel like they can tell you anything they want about any other place they've been across the country. Mm. I got to the point of, guys, this isn't mine. Yeah. Like, this isn't my own brand. <laughs> it's a like, franchise. Yeah, correct. And I'm thrilled that you love to tell me the stories that you've had in other places, good, bad, or indifferent. But it got to the point where I was like, look, if I'm investing so much of my time and effort and energy into this thing, and I'm not progressing where I want to progress in either my professional or my personal life, knowing that you, know, you, you at that point, you did have to obtain permission to open more of these things. And we go to that point where you know, we didn't have a great relationship. So it was a bit on ice about whether or not opening more. And I thought, well, I'm capping out here. Like if this is where I want to, I've still got more value to add to the industry as a whole. If I can't do it with you, well, that's going to, I'll do it on my own. So then, you know, it came the time to, to sort of separate from the brand and sell the studios and all those things. And you know, at the same time, I was like, well, I will just start fresh everywhere. So Is that kind of cathartic? Oh, it was stressful as fuck. <laughs> no, it was so bad. Also, like at the time as well, like I, had, I was in a, a really important relationship, like a romantic relationship yep. that didn't work out anymore. I thought, what is this? Like, honestly, and then I didn't ask to move houses. I The owner was looking to sell the house so I got requested to leave yep. so all of these businesses were sold by I think all happened at once June or July of 2021 just came out of COVID I was going to say what, timing but, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's great anyway that, that just happened and then I think yeah earlier this no it was, would have been early of 2022 was that all been done and then where I was renting the owner wanted the house back so that was done I was like well this is like you, you're not don't push against this because it's all happening for a reason you can't it's funny because at that point in time as well, maybe this was just the universe, but heaps of this stuff kept coming off my social media and all these people talking to about fresh start, fresh start. And that's exactly what was happening. And whilst it's not a very comfortable situation, it does, you can't be the person you want to be if you're hanging on to the person who you used to be. hundred percent. And do you, stuff. do you look back to and, you know, reflect, it was so difficult, but gee, look where you've come. It was so necessary. Yeah. I, it was I so necessary. totally relate. Like, yeah. I feel like... You know, you look back on times that were really challenging and you go, at the time, it was fucking hard. But then in hindsight, you're like, look how much I've... It's also, it's, yeah, it's really hard as well not to reflect on that and think, did it have to go the way it went? Just trust it. it. Did. Yeah. But of course it did. It couldn't have happened any other way and it was meant to happen exactly the way it did. So once again, that's another episode <laughs> for you about small business owners and the entrepreneurial life or whatever it is. But I think what was really important there, going back to the original question about when you moved to Adelaide, First of all, it was the power of the people, okay? As we know, one like to say so, but this is a small or a big... Small country, it's a big country, <laughs> country town. Yeah. So the power, of, the power of the people often dictates what's going to happen to you. So, I mean... It's who you know, not what you know. Right, and that's going to add... You continually have to add value long-term, mm -hmm. and that's important. Community is king. Yep. 
nowhere more so than a tight-knit community. Agreed. Now, from there, it's all about, like, then how do you launch a brand new offering in a greenfield state? That's tough. Yeah. You know, that is tough because not only are we trying to, let's just say, they weren't like me saying so, but KX didn't exist here. Hardly anybody knew about it. No, no one knew about no it. No one knew about it. The only people who did know were the people I was telling personally and, you know, even more so by the Reform- time I came to... Reformer wasn't oh. even a thing here, so you know. So this is like, the thing. In 2016, I was working at Sweat. It was hit. It was BG. It yeah. wasn't... No so one, yeah, that. no one was... What was a reformer? Well, and here's the thing, right? There were some places doing it, but probably didn't have the backing of like a national franchise. Yeah. And look, I'd like to say neither did we to that extent where it wasn't obviously known. So in terms of how do you launch a brand like that in Greenfield State, first of all, you've got to know the product and the service like through and through. So fortunately, I moved here with a then partner at the time. Who I reckon you should also get on here? Catherine Grokey used to be Catherine Moore, Ivy Rose Physiotherapy. Cool. Have you heard of her? No. Say yes. <laughs> no, she, Sorry. <laughs> that's right. She has her own podcast now, but so we moved to it together and then after a little while separated, it was just too hard to have like business and personal. Yep. However, we moved here. She had her physio clinic inside Cakes Bloody's Norwood, You're which right. was phenomenal for the market, right? People love a story of a power couple, okay? Not to say that we never Strategic called Strategic positioning <laughs> with <laughs> never, James. Oh, wait, and then we got a puppy <laughs> through the roof, yeah, through the roof. Yeah. Anyway, not to say we thought ourselves like that, but... People love dogs. They, but also people like to get around a, a story of authenticity, mm-hmm. I think is where I'm going with that. Yep. So to, to use that to sort of suggest we're launching this brand, we've come from another state, we want to have a crack at opening small businesses. People, I like to believe, like that type of story. Yep. So that was part of our marketing as well on our personal Instagram accounts. But coming back to that, yes, very hard to launch a new brand in a new state with a new offering that no one had ever heard of. So first you've got to strip it back and say, first and foremost, yes, this is what we do, but why is it important? But even not reformer Pilates, well, because we were a different type of reformer Pilates. So what is reformer Pilates? But before that, what is Pilates? Before that, why is health and fitness important? Yeah. So the story of this is the service, which was KX Pilates offering, actually starts with why is health and fitness important for you? Because, you know, even at that time, it wasn't just the health and fitness offerings that were different. And we're only talking 2016. Yeah. But how much has changed since then? Correct. I mean, correct. But also, if you had a look at the food and beverage offerings around the place at that point in time, there weren't many. I think Nutrition Republic maybe was just kicking off. They were one of the first. Yeah, they were just kicking off. And that was all the way over in Hyde Park. Yep. Adelaide, that's 10 kilometers. That's an A. That's a lifetime away. Over a main road. It's too far. I don't cross that road. (laughs) So anyway, and then there was Argos on the parade. Yep. Right. So not only was uh, the health and fitness as a service kind of new, like commercial gyms were here, but also health and fitness. There was CrossFit, but health and fitness as a... um, is a lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. Wasn't I swear to God, I, on our first weekend of opening, I looked around the room and I thought, where the fuck is Lululemon? Yeah. And I and people wearing a lot of Nike and Lorna Jane, Everlast, and all these brands. And I what's going on here? Yeah. I don't think Lulu opened in Adelaide to what, 2018? Uh no, they were definitely opened in 2016. There was one in Burnside Village, and I can was tell that you. Was that the first one? One in Rundle Mall as well. Yeah, now there is. I think that I can't remember. I don't know which one was first, but the story behind that is I actually went in there in my KX Pilates uniform because it was a it was Lululemon yeah. branded and I went in there with a packet of 12 donuts from Krispy Kreme because that was also new in Adelaide, right? I rocked up and I said, hi guys, I'm James. I'm about to open a Pilates studio down the street called KX. I know you're not going to remember me, but here's 12 donuts, <laughs> okay? And then I came back about two weeks later and like, 
Yeah, I'm not the donut. I'm not the donut guy. I'm actually the cakes guy. Anyway, <laughs> so so after we'd gone through the process of promoting why health and fitness is advantageous to your lifestyle, then it's what is like Pilates. Pilates. Then it's what is our style of Pilates, right? And that all comes down to videos and education and testimonials and all that jazz. That community piece and that social proof. 100%. Yeah, you've got to have that. So at that point in time, we're getting a lot of testimonials and photos in the studios and, you know, just on the iPhone and making it really raw and organic and all that kind of jazz. Also, because that's what we could afford. We didn't have any money. I had like minus, I don't know, $40,000 in the bank and like this was it. If this didn't work, I was on the streets. So was social media your primary marketing method? I mean, obviously, as a lean business, mm-hmm. it's cost-effective. It was, oh, we, yeah, so I knew nothing about how to post ads or anything, so I just boosted posts all the time. Naughty, I naughty. Know. <laughs> well, now I mean, I back, back then, it probably did it the probably, job. It did, now, it did. now, you may as well burn your $50 note. Yeah, so back then, when we only had the one student, it was very much like scattergun approach. Put like 500 bucks on it radius as big as Adelaide. Yeah. And let's just get it in people's faces. Yeah. So it was very much, yeah, social media. It was very much, I also did fly drops. Good. Actually. I s- love Even to this drop. day, I literally was sitting with a client yesterday yep. and I said, you need to be doing fly drops around yep. jobs. Yeah. Oh, that's really clever. Love a fly drop. Even, so if you think about it, where back then 2016, Facebook, this is obviously before Instagram was leave massive. I think it was a, it was a little was- bit. In its in its infancy, infancy. Mm. I think Instagram really kicked off in like 2017. Yeah, it went from yeah. a business perspective. Correct, correct. So there wasn't and fitness. Fitness. I mean, you know, we've talked about this, but yeah. the fitness world changed significantly 2018, 2019, yeah. and, and now then 2020. Some the, everything online in 2020. So yeah. you were doing Instagram lives and all this other jazz. So back then, you only had to rely on it was word of mouth. It was Facebook and fly drops. Yeah, and I was, love it. It was great because you, know, the, you don't also you didn't have to do the work yourself. You just find someone else to do it for you, and off you go. Someone trustworthy though. Yeah. I've definitely had it when I was in real estate. I remember getting some. I used to always do my own, yeah. and then it got to the point I was too busy, and mm-hmm. I got I paid someone to do it. I found them all in a bin. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. They just dumped my flyers, my face in a bin. Now we're talking about Facebook. I remember back in 2014, actually, I was, I had a business partner at the time and we were running a KX party studio in Fitzroy. And he was, he'd been in the business game, like as a private entrepreneur for a very long time, very smart businessman. And I firmly believe we were the first of the KX studios to really invest time and energy in Facebook Mm. because a lot of people just saw it as a directory back then. You know, it was like, oh, you've got to put the, you put a nice little header and then you put your phone number and where you're located. And yep. I was like, no, this is more about how do we communicate with the community? And everyone said, it's a fad, it'll be yeah. gone, yeah. here I we are. I remember having this conversation with a student owner that I worked at and I was off doing a Oxfam charity thing one weekend and so I couldn't teach my classes. And I said to her, hey, do you mind if we post on Facebook that I'm not going to be around this weekend because I'm doing this event, but I'll be, you know, back him in or whatever it needs to be. And she said, no, that's the clients don't want to know. They don't care where you are. Yeah, they do. And I said, well, hang on. These are my clients. I yeah. care that I care if I'm not there. Yeah. Because I want to take care of them. Yeah. Anyway, moved on to the next studio and that was like going nuts. I want to see clients in the studio. I want to see the, you know, some hints and tips about health and fitness. I want to see like trainer hacks. I want to yeah. see, this is amazing. This is everything we need to do to make sure that, you know, if, if social media is more about echoing what's happening inside the studio. Correct. Yeah. And that's what we'll get to with platform. But with KX, back then it was very much, yeah, and it's still very important, get to know the local businesses, get to know your community champions, make your social networks, physical social networks, 
Was it also important in actually attracting good talent, like good trainers? Yeah, most definitely. Because a lot of the lot of the people in the fitness industry, well, fortunately enough, I moved here with, as I said, my partner at the time who was a client of KX and Bondi. That's actually how we met. And then we moved here. So she obviously was killing it. And I'd been doing it for, I think, year and a half or two years by then. So we knew it in and out. Yeah. And then the people that we hired were referrals from old team members in Melbourne. Oh, they beautiful. said, when you get to Adelaide, please look up these two people. Tammy and Joe were their names. And that was, you know, Tammy was awesome. She was all about, oh, let me help you get you settled and all this other stuff. Let's, let's, I'm really invested in making this a big thing. And yeah, Joe was working at another location. And I tell you what, it blew my mind, just the differences in business operation between how I heard that workplace was and what I wanted to create and then the pay differences as well. So I think... Really? Yeah, I think there's a, there was a big discrepancy around what I... Well, what we were in the position to, to pay trainers knowing what they had to deliver versus another company. But that's that all comes down to what the actual service is in general. So I can't comment too much about that. But it was just the four of us, a really tight-knit group, and we were just there to make it work. It was exciting. You did more than it make it work. Stressful. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, of the, you know, a, lot of the, a lot of the success actually has to go to those guys. And then shortly after that, hired our first coordinator. Her name was Charlotte. Charlotte Griffin, who owns the fit space in McGill. Oh, yeah. With Aiden. So those two and another girl, Nicole, and another girl, El Cadis, and Ash Humphreys. And anyway, I could go on, but all these people who were clients, yeah. you know, who loved it. And you know, they really embodied they're the, the ones, brand. Correct. They're yeah. the brand champions are the ones that, that help the brands grow. And forever, that's always been a, you know, you've got to, you've just, you've got to hire clients yeah. at the end of the day because they're the ones who love it in and out anyway. And they're, they are your marketing department. Yeah. Now that we're here, you look at what are the three, you know, what are the three things that I believe make a small business work in terms of marketing? It's definitely you've got to have an online presence. Yep. Okay. You can do your community outreach, which will say is like your people, like your Lululemon, your Nimble Actives, your Reeboks or whoever that is. And then it's your people on the ground. So part of what we do with platform and used to do with KX Pilates is make sure that the team know more than just how to run a great class. They need to know all the ins and outs of the business. And they also need to know how to engage with the client yeah. because they are the face of the marketing department. They're the face of the customer service department. They're the face of the brand overall. Yeah. So if they're not able to have an engaging conversation with somebody... It's a reflection. Yeah. And also that's yeah. a missed opportunity. Correct. Because at the end of the day, a small business is set up to solve someone's problem. Okay. That's what... I guess the life of an entrepreneur is you're you have a marketing business because people are Me shit marketing. at marketing. <laughs> that's right, and that's your skill set. And you see the problem in the industry, and you say, "Well, this is terrible. You need help. I can help you with this." There are problems existing in your marketing strategy. You, well, well, you don't yeah. even have a marketing strategy, correct? And a lot of people don't. No, they don't. But there are things that you can see that they can't see, and that's important. Yeah. So when it comes to let me give you some water. When is it comes that, to health and fitness. Is that really where the idea of platform came from in the sense that there's a problem here? Yeah, correct. So coming back to the background of just health and fitness in general, I always liked the gym as a young person. I wasn't really big on team sports, but more so like solo sports. I really got into running, so I became a running coach. And then obviously the connection with KX Pilates was a, a good friend of mine since we were like 16. So that as an avenue to explore the health and fitness application was obviously amazing because it was a new thing back then. Yeah. 2013. But yeah, so after the time spent with KX Pilates and the time with the Fit Space and I had my own brand back in Melbourne, which I had to put on ice because of all the other things happening, it was honestly that the idea of owning a gym was in the back of my mind in probably 2013 when I just started with KX was 2014 when that was just kicking off because I thought this can't be it. 
Because as a client, I enjoy more than just the reformer. I enjoy running. I enjoy the gym. And then the reasons that I remember a conversation was with Charlotte at the time was about, hey, look, because she was the PT that had the fit space. And we were talking about, hey, if you put that aside and help grow this, then let's have a KX Pilates studio together and then let's add the fit space on top kind of thing. So, you know, but through the way in, in looking at how the, those businesses all work together and then I had, you know, sharing a sauna business and whatever and then the coffee brand and all this other stuff, you think this is just, it's too much. Like it's, there's, no there's, too, <laughs> there's too much going on, but also there's barriers in place which prevent people from getting a really good value price on all that stuff. Yeah. So to go to all these places, there's still multiple memberships. Yeah. You know, to... Not easy. It's People not easy. want easy. No. And, you know, considering also, like, class pass isn't a big deal in Adelaide. No. You know, someone else said that. I tell you why, why that is. Yeah, I'll tell you why me. it is. Why? Well, so, so class pass works really well in Melbourne and Sydney where boutique fitness, let's say, yeah. in inverted commas, boutique. I forget. It's filming. You can see this. <laughs> boutique <laughs> but fitness. But if you're listening, inverted commas. Yeah, inverted commas. <laughs> isn't, wasn't, hasn't been a thing here for a long time. Now it is. So now you've got people like, you know, Lauren Sebastianis of Studio Springs, Danny Winters of Soul Focus. You've got, as I said, you've got the Fit Space. You've got Revel. You've got Body Fit. You've got, got Studio 360, Studio 360 Cycle, whatever uh, it is, yeah. yeah. Sam Stanton and Chrissy. You've got Power Living, which is now Humankind. You've got Good Times, which just opened in Oldgate, George Velikas. There's, and I've, there's so much now. Yeah. Class Pass, mate, you're missing a phenomenal opportunity now. Yeah. But almost too late. That's the problem. Timing is everything. You've, you've, uh, I'm not saying you've come too late. I'm not going to say that. But if you now that we're at this evolution of multi-purpose fitness offerings, yeah. which is why I think it was so important for me to put all that aside and start platform. Because originally the idea was to just I'm going to I'm going to open a running gym and still keep these things. But then you think that's not going to that's not going to work. Doesn't solve the problem. Like it doesn't solve the problem. The problem was I need to let this go to grow. And that was it. Man, it's painful for that. It was, it was important. It's so true. Sometimes you got to let, someone literally said to me yesterday, sometimes you got to let the shit go if you want to move forward. You do. You can't hold on to some things. It's dead weight. As much, look, as much as- You're ready for more. Yeah. And as much as you really want to, and as hurtful as it's going to be for yourself and the people that you work with and have those business relationships with, you do, at the end of the day, you do have to do what's right for you because you are a human Mm -hmm. and- Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, most people say, oh, you're a vampire. You never sleep. How does this even work? But also you've got, to, you know, it, it is a place where, so so platform had to happen because not only were people really excited about Reformer and we were doing it really different. And that was one of the reasons why I had to leave, I guess, KX as well. But also- You'd outgrown really, it. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were really excited about the gym and they were really excited about places like Barry's Boot Camp and- you know, social media, what it did for the fitness industry is expand people's awareness of yep. what else is out there. Yep. It's almost like the shroud had come down and people yep. in Adelaide were like, why the fuck don't we have this shit? Yeah, and so, Barry's is a vibe. Barry's is like, it's a lifestyle thing. <laughs> you're prepared to pay for it yep. because you're going to Barry's boot camp. Like, yeah, you know, when we go to Sydney for a weekend, we go to Barry's. Where are you going? You're going to Barry's, yeah, um, exactly And right. you know, I remember the first time I came and saw Platform, I wasn't even finished yet, and I said to you in the bathroom, I was like, this is like a Barry's. He's like, <laughs> you're like, yep, that's, that was the plan. Well, that's, yeah, that's what we kind of, it's more about the reason it looks the way it looks in terms of, I mean, this is an angle of marketing in itself. I wanted Platform, it, for those who haven't been, look it up on social media at Build A Better Platform as its handle, but it's very like blacks, Gray, concrete. Yeah, correct. It's very neutral. It's very, I didn't want it to either have a masculine or feminine tone. I wanted it to be somewhere where people would go and they'd feel 
like they'd notice or oh, this feels different. Yeah. It does have a moody vibe. It's very om- ominous. I remember walking in there. I shit you ominous. not. Is that the word I'm looking for? I think it is. Anyway, I went in there and this was the first day that the ceiling of the reformer room was painted black. And I walked in there and I was, I had like goosebumps. I was a little bit scared. I was like, have I ever shot this? Like, is this going to actually scare more people away than invite them in? Knowing that they're now looking at everything that's very dark and gloomy as opposed to light and air. Like, but I, that's the point of difference we want to provide. But you also know? you have a contrast so with the we lights, do. with the mirrors, and with the surfaces. Correct. Like correct. it all works together. And I think it's something that, that social media has ch- changed the way that business owners have had to think in terms of fit outs. Now have to be a reflection of a brand. They have yes. to be suitable for social media. Yes. You have to think about, cool, if someone takes a photo here, can I post it on my yes. social media? Correct. Like there are so many like elements that, you know, even when I was fitting out my office, I'm like, well, where's a photo op? Correct. So shout out Hugo Pedler, who... Yes, we'll get on this podcast Thank from you. Penny Hospitality. <laughs> well, so his brand, Penny Hospitality, operates Heat Cafe, which is the cafe that we sublease the area to at the front of the platform. Now, he was... Delicious sh- breakfast, oh, can confirm. so good. He was showing me his... Like, he gets pumped up about everything, but he's like, man, check out this, like the interiors of Heat, blah, 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 blah. I was like, Phew. he's like, yeah, it's like all these different contrasting tones. And like, he really gets into the detail, which is obviously why he's an awesome operator. And then I showed him mine and he's like, what about the, like, the aesthetic, the Instagrammable stuff? And I sort of took his advice and really toned it back in terms of it was meant to be all black. And, I, and then I reflected on it thinking that's not going to work for social media. It needs, to be, it needs to be a little bit light, a little bit bright, but also have those key points of where... So I had already had the idea of obviously those big platform signs in each of the studios yeah. and the light-up sign out front and a little P, like all those tiny details make a big thing. Yeah. But then you think about the entire customer journey. And that one conversation really changed, I think, my idea of it's not just about what happens in the rooms, okay? And we always know, like, reception's where people come and mingle. But if that's a place that also feels dark and ominous, like the studios, they're not going to want to hang around for very long. Mm. Because it's... Do you remember back in the day, McDonald's used to be red and yellow? Yeah. Okay, now that's an indication of get in, get out. Like, you don't want to hang around those colors. No. So... I'd gone through this phase of, oh, it's all going to be like this, like, you know, dark and it's going to have this vibe to it. I thought, no, we don't, we want that. We, what about the powder room? How's that going to work out? Because yeah. that needs to be somewhere Can I where... take my selfie? Yeah, correct. <laughs> Can you take a selfie? That's it. Can you take a selfie? We need to add those elements. So we changed the joinery to concrete. We incorporate a lot more gray. Yeah. And then the conversation was, well, what color gray does it have to be? And it ends up being a little bit of a purple gray. 50 shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, that is an important element of it. And I think that's probably a big draw card as to people, why people like platforms. They want to be a part of it. They, they, want, they want to be there. They want to see it. But for me, it's actually not about, this. I mean, platform, it's important that the offerings are there for people. And it's important that it's affordable. And it's important. We were talking off air before about how our memberships, you can have a weekly direct debit, a fortnightly direct debit, or a monthly direct debit, depending on your household budget. So it really needs to cater to the client at the it's end of the game day. Game changer. I think so. I was kind of getting tired of businesses having clients like bend over for them. Like yeah. you need to change everything about how you operate your life to suit us. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work because I want you to be a long-term client and I want to be able to capture clients. It shouldn't matter how much you earn. You have the right to... High quality health and fitness. Accessibility. Correct. You need to be able to attend those classes or I'd love to be able to offer them to you. So hence why we you know, change the price points the number of times and how people can pay for them. But coming back to what you were saying, I don't, 
it's great that people want, I, for me, it's not about people wanting to say, oh, I go to platform. It's like, well, well you're awesome. I don't want to say that. But like, I, like, that's fantastic. But that's not what it's about for me. It's about the, yeah, the health and fitness offering of, you need this in your life. Like It's, it's full circle, right? I yeah. think it's, they want to say they go to platform, but they also want to go and look at the results. Correct, correct. And it's that's part of my lifestyle. And I think, you know, this is where it's really clever having heat next door and things like correct. that. You go to your class, you have your coffee, you have your break. It's like, you it's a social thing. Yeah, yeah. You talk about the, the after the class, how was the class? Oh, it was intense. Oh, that trainer's an animal. Oh, whatever it is. I'm really looking forward to this class and next. look at the and friendships that are forged. Totally. We've got and people all the way back from the KX days. There's people who still come based on the fact that, because I always thought they were always friends. And it was only until like this year where a bunch of them started coming. I was like, oh, isn't this cool? Like, how long have you guys known each other before? Like, and like no, we only met at your studios. That's I was wild. like, that's ridiculous. And now they're like best friends or their kids hang out and... <laughs> Nuts and they froth it. Yeah. So when everybody started to come around to platform from wherever else they were, I tell you what, the energy of seeing a client used to train two or three years ago, they might have been in a funk or, you know, you'd left the scene. So they decided they'd also go on a different route and then they come back and they like to kind of sneak in because they don't want to, oh, am I, am I welcome here and whatever. And the team and the other clients who know them go bananas. Like they go bonkers for it. And I think that's definitely one of the best things about having small businesses is community is obviously key. 100%. And again, Adelaide, you never burn a bridge. No, it's in, that's really important. Sometimes you have to burn all the boats. That's a phrase about you have to let it all go if you're going to move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's tough. The burning bridges one. I'm sure there's people who are really unhappy with me right now, but. That's Look, I think it. it's I think it's just as long as you can go to sleep at night knowing you've done the right thing and doing what was right for you. And I think this is where I'm glad you mentioned doing the right thing for you because what's right for you is not necessarily what's right for me. No, and it's important that you can't, as a small business owner, that's you yeah, you do have to like your sanity's at risk, your livelihood's at risk. Yeah. You you do have to also stay true to why you got into it in the first place. If it's something that Aaron from KX used to say, if it's no longer fun, I'm not going to do it anymore. Love that. So if it is no longer fun, I'm not going to do it anymore. Because yep. it's, if you have to fake it for that long, it's going to take a toll on you. Yeah. And again, that's, I think that's where social media, I like the way that it has changed to be a mm. little bit more, less curated to a degree yeah, because like you can that. show that. But mm -hmm. if you're faking it, People are going to pick it up from a mile away. Yeah, 100%. So we were talking once again before about the reason that I wanted to have the reformer room and the running and weights room in the same vicinity, not only because people need it, but because sometimes weights can be intimidating for people, okay? Sometimes reformers can be intimidating for people. You, when we first opened, we had an influx of all these people from other group fitness centers like your F45s and your body fits and Revels and places like that who loved that. They loved their workouts at those locations. So they just straight into the run and weights room. Yeah. And believe it or not, the reformer room was one that was empty for a little while because people's perception, once again, was I've done reformer before. But only then do they come into the reformer room and they experience how our style, which is a, we call it strength-based reformer, is different to what else is out there. They're like, well, I thought I had done reformer before, but this is completely, like next, yeah, <laughs> completely the next level. Can confirm it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's actually more about strength training than yep. Pilates, which... Once again, a totally different podcast, but having all of those offerings available. So not only is the reformer workout new, the running of weights workouts are new, the weights only workouts are new, 
And it's, you know, encapsulates everything that people need. So this running a weights classes are broken up between speed and endurance, which is different to people like Barry's. Right. So you get a whole different market who are like, well, I've heard about this. I've been to maybe Orange Theory or something like that, where I like those elements, like these elements. And I actually did that. I went to all, all these places and said, what is it that I like about these running workouts so yeah. much? And then incorporating that to say, well, we need a difference here. Yeah. Because you can't do speed work every single day. Knowing no. that as a running coach, you fucking die. Yeah, it's not um, sustainable. <laughs> it's not sustainable. No. And then you can't do hit classes every day. You can't do heavy weights every day. And that's mm. just the principles of strength training. You want an undulating program, which is heavy light, heavy light yeah. to some degree. In the reformer room, you can't just have advanced classes all the time. You've got to have intermediate and fundamentals. Could you imagine marketing all of that? That is a nightmare. Yeah, I'm just thinking like <laughs> even for my brain, it's like your content pillars are a bit messy. They are. But and but this is, you know, as we were talking offline before, you know, mm. to market something for everyone is a bit challenging. Correct. So you do need to kind of understand and position yourself as what is the core offering. Correct. But I think this is where marketing from a digital perspective versus actually marketing with on the ground, mm. that's where the magic happens. You just need to get people in. Yeah, correct. Once they get in, they can see everything. That's right. And you've got to, for that, you've got to have a really awesome opening special, introductory offer. Yeah. But you've also got to have people who love it from the day one. So I was very lucky that a few people from my previous teams joined me, like Taylor Lewis, who's now a head of marketing, got Marika Poland, Charlotte Eifold. You've got people who I was mentoring from other locations as well who joined us. A girl called Millie West who interviewed to be a KX trainer at one point. She said, you don't want to work here. <laughs> well, she doesn't because she's a gym person. Yeah. It's not really her passion. We had this conversation of if I had hired you when you were like four years ago, it wouldn't have, you would have hated it. Yeah. And now the right opportunity is there for her. You know, and then we're very likely to be joined by some other members of the health and fitness community who are known through other avenues who already, once again, either liked what was happening in the past yep. or liked the fact that there was an innovation taking place. And this is something I want to be a part of. It's something progressive and it's something that's unique in the market. It's almost a movement. Correct. It is. It's, you might dare say it's a cult. Yeah. Um, oh, it, I mean, all the gyms are cults these days. <laughs> I always say that. I actually quite like that term. Yeah. If someone says, oh, I've heard that, I heard it's a cult. It's, it's like, fantastic. That's amazing. Basically. People want to be a part of they it. They do. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, that scares you. Part of the marketing then is to ensure that we take away the intimidation and anxiety from people. And we are talking about this before about, yes, at the moment, our social media presence is very much our key demographic. If you looked at it, it's all a certain age group. It's all a certain like look and feel. And yeah. at the moment, it is very curated. But it's and, primarily the trainers, as you mentioned. Yeah, primarily yeah. the trainers, primarily the people who are there a lot. Mm. And we do what we can. We've only been open four months, okay? Eventually, we will obviously, of course, have more client community-focused posts. But at the moment, it's still just a little bit about getting the word out there. Plus, we don't have any fucking resources. Yeah. You know, where I was down to like my last, I don't know, 10 bucks opening this thing. I had to borrow some money from some friends. That's to a get commitment. This happening. Whoa. And I appreciate your honesty there because oh, totally. I think that a lot of people think that it's all like, it's all shiny and, you know, know, unglamorous. Starting a business isn't, is, it's hard work. I, yeah. So, yeah. What do I have to say about that? <laughs> Maybe that's another it episode was, too. <laughs> like, you know, going from, you know, selling all those studios and having a year off to, then having to start reinvesting in platforms, starting from scratch again. It was, I tell you what, there's nothing quite as exhilarating as having everything on the line. Yeah. That is, it's a bit of a thrill. But also (laughs) you could have, and I think it's interesting, you could have taken shortcuts and, you know, not done the fit out as good to save some money. But in the long term, 
that would have actually hurt you more. Totally, 100%. Because it's about investing in brand. Well, and this right. is when I always say to people, how do you prioritize your budget? Do we skimp out on the branding? Do we skimp out on the content? No. You no. Can't. It got to the point where my accountant at the time was like, you've got to yeah, stop doing that. So, no, this is important. It's important that we have concrete bench tops. Yeah. It's important that we have branded dumbbells. It's important that I've got branded everything. 100%. It's very important because it could have. It's important that we've got this. So this particular treadmill is from a brand called Woodway in America. I remember you showed me, yeah, they're <sighs> elite. They are ridiculous. I mean, they're quite expensive. And then to put your own brand on that just adds another couple of thousand know, dollars. To, but it's got to be done. That's what people are going to take a photo of. But it's also, it's important because it's a representation of just having the, the, the finer details Tails. that people really appreciate. Yep. And if people feel comfortable in the space, they look at this. It doesn't even have to be like you've got the your name on the weights plate. So I mean, that's great. But even like how a sweat towel's folded. Yep. My team are fantastic in that they know, and this is a representation of the brand. Yeah, <laughs> detail-oriented. One of them, it was actually Millie and Charlotte's done one as well, but provide a video to the rest of the team of how to roll a sweat towel. Hey, do what you got to do. <laughs> You've got to. And these are like, you know, eucalyptus-scented sweat towels that we hand out. Uh, it's a pain in the ass to do, but it's the value and service. it's the service that the clients love, you know, all the way down to obviously the merchandise, the socks, every finer detail has to be has to be acknowledged and taken care of. You've got platform-scented body wash, which is a collaboration with Yard Skincare. Which I love. I think smells, smells are a really mm. big thing. You know, have you yeah. ever been into a Sofitel? They all smell the same. Correct. I have 100% you, agree. Crown Casino smells the same. Eos, Eos by Sky yep. City, the hotel for you. It's same. that perfume now yeah. that everyone's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when I, one of my friends came over, I'm like, you smell like Eos. Eos. But it's a comfort thing. Yeah. Like there was, there's a really popular, there's a really popular Pilates and yoga studio in Melbourne called One. It used to be called One Hot now, so it's called One. Their scent is a cedarwood. It's like a cedarwood mixed you with smell cinnamon. smell it now, can't you? You can. It's like, <laughs> I want that in my house. Yeah. Because you get in there and you Alexander, instantly, the yeah, glass correct. house, the vanilla ta taha. Yep. You know, it's, it's their you smell. Need it. Yep, you need it. And these are, all the, these are all the things which people, like, they're reminded of your brand frequently. Get into the habit of, and this is a practice we started with those others, with the KX Studios, was sending people personalized cards in the mail or sending them a drink bottle or taking them to a VIP shopping experience at Lululemon. These are all things that, yes, they're nice gestures, but it's also a part of that community outreach, I guess, strategy per se. Without, not everything has to be a strategy or a scheme, but these things are all genuine thank yous that you know are overall helpful. It's an investment in your community. 100%. You can't just take... You know, the, yeah, the, look, business needs to generate revenue to stay afloat. It's it business needs to, 101. It needs to generate a profit to counterbalance the risk you've put into it, but also it's a fuel for a, the car. But you don't have a business if you don't have people. Correct. Right. And then I, you've got to take care of the people. And that doesn't necessarily have to fall under the marketing umbrella, but it fucking goes a long way to show your appreciation for a client. They are spending, this is something we talk to the team about all the time, is these people are spending upwards of $80 a week to come to be here, to, to be here. So that if you put that, if it's eighty dollars per week, who knows what their situation is? But either way, they're putting this money aside. They're putting this money aside to spend an hour or two a day with you. Yeah, you better deliver. Yep. Or you know, it's not obviously a threatening conversation, but it's, no, it's but sort of I get it. like wow. And then you got to feel appreciative of the fact that. They're choosing you. Exactly. It's a there That's is choice. There are now so many choices around that. Number one, you do have to have a point of difference. 
which is something really you have to, you really have to communicate, communicate that in your marketing with your team. And two, you have to take care of the people who take care of you, who are your clients, because yep. without them, your business is bubkis. Yep. You know, it's Agree. not worth anything. So how do you go ahead and show your appreciation for them? It's doing the little, the little above things. and beyond extras, like it's not just the hair ties and the Mentos and the Dyson hair straighteners. We That's like just, that though. We, <laughs> yeah, we Actually, we've got, we do, it's nice. We've got people who only come to the morning classes because they don't have the Dysons at home. It's like, fantastic. It doesn't matter. We've got them here for you. How can I make this offering? How can I take away not just the problem of your health and fitness, but any other problem you've got? I'm this close to having a dry cleaning drop-off service for all the clients who rent dresses on the weekends. Leave us a comment if you think that'd be a good idea. I feel like James might be on something here. (laughs) Well, you think about it, right? So we've got all the, we've got all, the majority of our clients are females. Yeah. Okay. And it's the draw card of the demographic and it's the draw card of the whatever, for whatever reason, you know, health and fitness for a female can be a bit more intimidating than a male. It's what am I doing here? It's a bit like, anyway. So then you look at that. So what are the elements are in your life that are going to make it more comfortable for you? Yes, you've got the Dysons. Yes, you've got the complementary towels. Yes, you've got the cafe at the front. But then it's like, well, I know that when you're not here, the main factors that you consider to be priorities in your life are social outings with your friends. Okay. If you're in the age group of, 20 to 25, there's a 21st in there every other weekend. Then there's a 25th in there. As you get older, there's engagements in there. Okay, then there's weddings. What are you doing? You're hiring dresses from somebody, Finn Boutique probably, or someone else like that. What's the condition on that? Shout out to Jackie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's doing a lot of our copywriting. Like shout out to what's on the docket. Before you return this, you have to have it dry cleaned. Okay, cool. So what are you doing outside of all that? You come into platform. Wouldn't it be more convenient if you just came here which you do. I see them swap dresses all the time. This is like where you are intuitive about your customer and you're actually seeing what they're doing. A lot of people don't actually take feedback from what they see on every day. They just go, this is my business. This is my offering. I'm not willing to adapt and evolve. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's got to be more than, if people ask me what industry am I in, it's definitely not health and fitness. Lifestyle. Yeah, that's the service that we provide in-house. But it's about how do we make this element or this area of your life as convenient and carefree and uh, yeah, convenient and carefree and easy as possible. And if that's, I notice that every time you come in, you do this, like you're wearing, like, it, like every recent observations being the fact that you can tell what class someone's going to do based on what's on their feet. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to a run and weights class, you've already got your runners on. If you come to a reformer class, it's like oh, boots or slides. Guess what our next product's going to be? Platform branded slides. Love it. Boom. And we'll get them to you for an awesome price. You don't have to spend 80 bucks. Or, okay, every time you come in, you bring your drink bottle, Frank Green's in the works, okay? Yeah. I know that the the clients who exercise in both rooms have one outfit or a different range of outfits. Let's write this down. Different range of outfits for the run and weights room versus a different range of outfits for the reformer 100%, 100%. room. 100%, 100%. So this is imp- like, these are important things to my clients. Therefore, they're important things to yeah. me. You have to take notice of, which is important, Oh, you've had your hair done. I know that you've done that because you now take you do take pride in your appearance. There was a point in my life I could tell the difference between S and S and shellac. Okay, I'm not, wow, <laughs> I'm not that good anymore. Wow, but I those things think were, I can do that. But, but those yep. things are important. One's shinier and one's more like Here a ceramic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but these are also the things that need to carry through into the way you communicate with the people on the ground. This is marketing. Yes. Marketing doesn't have to be this big glamorous billboard spend. No. Marketing is how you talk to someone. Marketing is how you understand their behaviors. Marketing is asking three simple questions when you get to the studio. How did you hear about us? What have you done before? 
and what are your goals? Let's say, how yep. did you hear about us? Okay, was it through social media or for a friend? That's going to tell me the, the next question. Oh, who's your friend? Yeah. Do they come? When do they come here? Like, yeah. what are their goals? Oh, my friend came here. And you here. can start to profile. You can start to piece Correct. it all together. But then you can understand what this person needs from you. And then you can answer those questions and provide that service. And then from there, once you understand your client to that degree, you echo it on your social media page. Okay. Yeah. The social media page isn't a hard sell about the scientific benefits of fitness. Oh, no. Okay. It's not about that. It's about... This is who we are. This is yeah, what we do. This is what we do. why you want to be a part yeah. of it. If you don't want it, fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't care. Well, we can't be all things to all people, as we like to say. We touched on this before. Yeah. I would rather, like if there was a Pilates studio down the street and they said, oh, we're the same. I would say, I hope to God you're not. Because if you're the same, if you think we're the same, we've then got problem. we've got problems. And not just for the fact that, you know, you're a competitor, you're a but comp- it's, it's, you need to know what your, is your point, point of difference. difference. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. And it's okay to have that. I would love to be right next door to another gym. I'd Challenge accepted. Well, Bring it on. <laughs> and just have the conversation of this is what you do. This is what we do. Can we all not just get along? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a beautiful message to close on, James. Can we all we just not get started. along? I think we're going to have to do a part two. Okay. No, I'd um, love to do a part two because it's, I think the most important thing about it is, once again, marketing isn't this doomy, gloomy you know, it's a big investment in your time and in your energy, but it's also the easiest thing to do if you just listen and take note of the, what the client's needs are and who they are. 100%. And right. I think a lot of people aren't willing to listen because at the end of the day in marketing, you've got to put your ego aside as a business owner. I think a lot of it as a business owner is ego, right? Mm. Because we want to be seen in a certain way and, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to protect our own reputations and things mm-hmm. like that. But if you can't put that aside and listen to the real people, the ones that are paying the bills, mm-hmm. then you're not going to last very long. That's right. And it's just about helping people, man. Just solve their problems. Yep. You know, if they don't, if you can't solve their problems, you need to then pass them on to the next person who can. Who can. You can't service everybody. It's okay to, it's actually okay to say no to clients. Yeah. I don't think we're the right place for you. Yep. But that's because you took the time to understand what their goals are. And that's where marketing starts. Bring it. James, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Your insights. so quickly. I know your I insights talk, are incredible and, you know, you've had such an amazing journey and I just Thank know you. that there are going to be some amazing takeaways from today's episode. So Thank you. If you want to do a part two. I think we should. And hey, again, okay. drop us a line. Any questions for James or myself, please join our Facebook group, DigiTalks, mm. and any ideas for part two, I think we'll have to do it. Yeah. And if anybody um, has any questions about marketing and small businesses and fitness, yeah, reach out. Yeah, hit James up. I got time. Well, amazing. I'll find time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Until next time. Thank you. Cheers.